One is a proud partner of the Roden Fellows Program, which provides opportunities to aspiring sports journalists from historically Black colleges and universities to produce content, including this podcast, throughout the year. Capital One supports this program as a part of the larger commitment to the advancement of students from HBCUs. Welcome to a special episode of the Roden Fellows Podcast, The Undefeated Is Now Anscape. This is the first episode of our podcast under our new name, Anscape. Anscape is a Black-led media platform dedicated to creating, highlighting, and uplifting the diverse stories of Black identity. Magnified by the power and reach of the Walt Disney Company, the Anscape umbrella includes an editorial division, book publishing arm, film and television division, and music publishing group, each united by the shared mission of eliminating the culture and experience of Blackness platform. I am your host, Alexis Davis, a multimedia journalism student at North Carolina A&T State University, home of the greatest homecoming on earth. Today, I have the pleasure of being joined by Kiana Robinson-Cherry from Hampton University. Hey, everybody. Sarah Jones-Smith. Hi, everybody. And Kayla Sweezy. Hello, everyone. For many aspiring female sports broadcasters like myself, Seeing so many women strive in the sports media industry recently has truly restored my hope in becoming one of the best of the best one day. To discuss this restored hope, it was only right to bring in two women that are currently conquering the sports world with true grace, Lisa Salters and Charlie Arnold. Charlie Arnold is one of the hosts of First Take, Her Take podcast. You've also seen her as a host for select editions of First Take on TV. Everyone, please welcome Charlie. Hello, everybody. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to get into this good conversation. Yes, we're definitely excited to have you, Charlie. We also have Lisa Salters. Lisa Salters can be seen on your television during NFL season on ESPN's Monday Night Football, as well as covering the ins and outs of the NBA. You will also find Lisa interviewing your favorite player at the end of their games. Please, everybody, welcome Lisa. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. So for starters, for you both, what is something about you that we can't necessarily Google? Charlie, you go first, please. Ooh, okay. You put me on the spot here. Uh, Something about me that you can't necessarily Google. Um, I think that, hold on, this is actually a great question and something I was not prepared to answer. So give me just one second (laughs) to come up with something clever. Um, okay. Um, okay. So I actually, a lot of people don't realize, uh, because I have been in the sports industry for, you know, so many years now, I actually started out as a news reporter. Uh, my first job out of college was in Huntington, West Virginia as a one man band reporter. So I'm sure you girls are well aware of what that means, you know, carrying around your own tripod and your camera and trekking around and you're in charge of your story from beginning till end. So I was in news for about three years before I was able to get a break in sports. And the reason that I went into news was because despite doing 
a sports internship in college, which I absolutely loved, I realized that most of the jobs in television were in news and my chances of getting to a bigger market at a earlier time was if I were to go into news rather than sports. So my mindset was, let me get into news, get the television experience, and then work my way into the sports realm. So that's exactly what I did. Started out in West Virginia, went on to Kansas city for two years as a breaking news reporter. And then it was after that, that I was able to get a weekend sports anchor weekday sports reporter job in my hometown of Indianapolis. So, uh, I had a little bit of a different journey, but I think having that news background has allowed me to help tell stories and uh, also just gave me a little different experience into knowing exactly what I wanted to do and what I was passionate about. So definitely thankful for the journey. Yeah, it's truly interesting that you say that. I know a lot of us right now, we're trying to figure out the whole job search thing. A lot of us, well, actually all of us are seniors right now trying to figure out our next steps. So, you know, just trying to figure out, you know, where, what can I do to get where I want to go? Um, and also to, you know, see beauty in the journey. So what about you, Lisa? What's something that we can't Google about you? Um, you cannot Google the fact that I play the piano so that when I kind of bust out with my crew, when we're out on the road at a hotel somewhere and I sit down and I start playing John Legend, they're like, what? You play the piano? Um, so that's something that, uh, most people, um, probably do not know about me, but I will say this, that just like Charlie, uh, I started in news. I think most people know this. Or, or you can Google this about me, but I also started in news before I transitioned over to sports. Um, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't, my transition to sports was not by design. I, I never had any intentions or aspirations to be a sports reporter. So uh, our journey is different in that way. Um, I always just wanted to be a news reporter, um, but I did, um, I spent 12 years doing uh, news uh, at a local television station for seven years and then five, five years at the network at ABC uh, during hard news before I even uh, gave sports uh, a thought. Lisa, where did you do local news? Uh, WBAL-TV in Baltimore. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, I feel like we all have a little bit of a DC connection. I know one of the uh, hosts is from Howard. Uh, you were in Baltimore <laughs> and I went to college at American University. Okay. Nice. Yeah, I have to chime in. I go to Morgan State University in Baltimore. So that's awesome. Oh, okay. Yes, I'm sorry. I forgot about that one too. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So and then I'm, yeah, and then I'm also from uh, Bowie, Maryland. So that's about an oh. hour away from Baltimore. So a lot of DMV connections. Exactly. So what did you expect a career in sports to be like versus what it actually is? And what would you say is one thing that surprised you once you finally got into sports? I think what surprised me the most was maybe I was a little naive at the beginning, uh, but I didn't really foresee so many of the issues that it meant to be a woman in the sports world because I had played sports my whole life. So it wasn't like I was new to the world per se. I'd always been exposed to athletes and that was always something I was super interested in. Uh, and I always considered myself kind of like one of the guys uh, for several different reasons. Uh, one, my name is Charlie. So actually that's a funny story and something that maybe is a good one for something you couldn't Google about me either. Uh, when I first started playing soccer at a young age, I was put on an all boys team 
because they saw the name Charlie and immediately just assumed that I was a man or a boy rather, I guess, because I was only, you know, six years old. Uh, so I ended up playing my first season of soccer with all boys. So it was kind of like at a very young age, I was like, all right, I got this. I, if, if you can do it, so can I. So I never really saw a difference between uh, the opposite sex and myself. So I guess when I got into the sports world and started noticing just comments being made, or I remember being an intern when I was in Washington, DC and going into the, what was, you know, at that point, the Redskins locker room, now the Washington, actually, no, I'm sorry, the commanders We're we're way down the line now. Uh, and there was some things happening uh, that made it very awkward for me as a female in college. And actually at that point in time, they stopped allowing interns into the locker room because it got very awkward. Uh, but I didn't ever expect that to be the case. It just wasn't something that was on my mind. So, uh, there was a little bit of learning how to navigate the field and, um, some lessons that had to be learned and, you know, some things that I'm still experiencing now, but you're definitely seeing a lot of changes because I think that, uh, some of these, I guess we'll call them prejudices have gotten more exposure and, uh, there's more awareness surrounding it. And I think women are now getting, more equal treatment and more of their fair shot, um, in different areas. So, uh, but yeah, it was definitely a little bit of a learning curve, uh, because I wasn't used to that and wasn't necessarily expecting it, but I think that it's made me stronger person uh, for having to go through it. So for me, uh, I would say, um, one thing that I, I didn't expect transitioning to sports was how much I would enjoy it. Um, which was why I, I resisted for, for so long. Um, ESPN had, uh, been trying to get me to come over from the ABC side for about two years before I actually made the jump. Um, they were looking for people with news backgrounds um, to kind of bolster the credibility of the network um, to be more than just, you know, a network where you go find highlights, hits, runs, and errors. Um, they wanted to do real journalism and they wanted to have real journalists. And um, to me, coming out of school back then, there was this bias that sports wasn't real journalism. And so for me to be at the network at the time, I was, you know, I, I made it to the network when I was 28. Um, and for me to be at the network, which is considered, you know, back then it was considered to be the pinnacle of journalism. I thought there's no way that I can now leave that behind uh, and go do sports, which, you know, uh, real journalists, you know, we, we kind of look down our noses at, um, which was all silly uh, when you think back on it now, um, because I didn't like what I was doing um, in, in news. Um, it, the stories were always so heavy. O.J. Simpson trial, TWA flight 800, the Matthew Shepard murder, the Oklahoma City bombings. I mean, there wasn't, you know, it was just all very heavy stuff. And that's ultimately what, uh, what, what uh, led me to at first consider and then actually make the jump uh, to doing sports. So, uh, but once I got in it and once I started doing it from the very first week, I, you know, I was kicking myself thinking, why didn't I make this jump sooner? Why didn't I do it sooner? There has never been a minute, a second of regret, uh, leaving news behind. And, um, so that would be the thing that surprised me the most about a career in sports is how much I enjoy doing it. 
Yeah, I would even add to just um, watching you doing post-game interviews. It does seem like an overwhelming amount of joy that comes in when you're having different conversations um, with athletes just from watching you, you know, at home on TV. And I will also say, for me personally, my journey has really been helped with different mentors and different other uh, women in sports really pouring into me. So I would ask, while navigating your careers, have you had any female mentors in the industry? If yes, how do you think the mentor has, how do you think the mentorship has helped you? If not, do you feel like you missed out in any way? And do you feel like you kind of have a certain obligation to help the next group come up behind you? Um, well, again, because I didn't, uh, I didn't kind of, uh, this wasn't what I saw for myself. I didn't see myself uh, being a sports journalist. There weren't really um, any women that I looked up to uh, kind of growing up that were in the sports industry. Certainly I'm aware of who they are, uh, you know, the Leslie Vissers, the Andrew Joyce's uh, of the world. Um, I know who they are and I knew who, the, who they were back then, um, but I wasn't looking to be like them. I was looking to be like Lisa Thomas-Laurie, who is the, the sports anchor in, or the sports, the, uh, the news anchor in Philadelphia. That's who I wanted to, to be like. Uh, but once I became a sports journalist, um, I immediately sought out help from the best of the best in the field. Uh, Susie Colbert, Pam Oliver, um, Michelle Tafoya. I mean, those are the people that I, you know, I still go to today if I have a question or a concern or if I want, you know, some advice on, on anything. Uh, I go to those women who um, have always been um, very, they've always just been been great with me and uh in teaching me the ropes and uh helping me be uh, where I am today uh for me actually my mentor I would say for or someone that I really looked up to and who wound up being a mentor uh for a bit was not in the sports world uh for for me at the point in time I was in news um Robin Mead uh, was someone I always loved her style I really respected how she just felt like she was talking to her best friend when she was talking to you on television, it never felt like she was reading off of a prompter or it was something that was scripted. It just felt very natural. And I always loved that about her. And it was very serendipitous because I had flown into Chicago a day after I'd gotten off work. So I'd been watching HLN all morning, just in the background at work. And because I had been watching, I knew exactly what Robin had been wearing. And I saw someone at the airport who looked like Robin. I was like, that is her outfit. I was like, that's Robin. So I went up to her and she was so sweet. And um, she was in the midst of waiting for a cab and I was going to get a cab as well. And she's like, do you want to just share a cab? You can come with my husband and I. And oh my goodness, it was like a dream come true. So I got to share a cab with Robin Mead. She was great. She gave me all of her information. We stayed in touch for quite a while. She was so helpful in critiquing my reels and helping to pass it along to prospective employers. Uh, and I really just respected that. And that has inspired me to uh, try to do my best to also help out the up and coming journalists. Uh, there's an intern that I had while I was in Kansas City, who I kind of feel like I'm the same for her. I always look at a reel and uh, try to help her to figure out the lay of the land because you know, it, <laughs> it's hard to do on your own. So yeah, definitely those type of people are very important. 
Yeah, it sounds like a lot of right place, right time. I feel like I've had a lot of those moments too, just with being in the fellowship, being at the right place, coming across the right person, um, just to really, you know, flourish a relationship that you might not even have seen, you know, coming your way in the beginning. Um, I also know for you, Lisa, on February 9th of this year, you were a part of an all women's crew for the Warriors and Jazz game. So how, how was that being a part of that? Um, and, you know, looking back on it now. It was very cool. Um, you know, leading up to the game, uh, it was another game on the schedule. And so when when uh, Beth Mowens and Doris Burke and I all saw each other that morning, uh, just for our production meeting, we, we kind of said the same thing that, you know, this is, uh, you know, we do this every, every, every day. We, we go cover, uh, you know, a basketball game. So it didn't feel any different uh, in that way. Our preparation was the same. Um, but then once we kind of got to the arena and once we, once we were around the players and fans and the coaches, and they all were so excited for us, uh, not, not because of us, but for us and because of what the opportunity meant and what it stood for, uh, then we got it. So I would, I would say that we were all, um, we didn't expect uh, the reaction that we got, you know, from every, every single player, like what you guys are doing is great. Every coach, congratulations to you guys. I have daughters. This is a great thing. Um, it, it, it meant a lot to a lot of people. Um, and it wasn't really, I think, until we were at the game and maybe even after the game that Beth and Doris and I realized just the impact that the game uh, had on so many folks. And we were just the three in front of the camera. There were 33 women total uh, working that game. The directors, the producers, the graphic, everyone. Um, so... Uh, it just kind of underscored uh, in my mind just what women can do uh, if given the opportunity. Uh, you know, you just need opportunities uh, and people can show you who they are and what they're about if you just give them opportunities. So we were uh, humbled to be, to be chosen to, to, to do the game, uh, but also very proud as well. So for Kayla, Kiana and Sarah, if anyone wants to chime in, how did you feel um, when you originally viewed the game or when you heard about all the great things that were going to be happening with the production team from the analyst to the reporter, et cetera? How did that make you feel as far as wanting to have a career in sports and being visible and being seen and, you know, just the possibility that that could be you one day? Like, how did you all feel seeing that? I definitely thought it was super inspiring for me being a female collegiate athlete, pursuing a career in sports, seeing other women kind of take the same path. It's really inspiring. It reminds me that it's possible. And like Lisa said, we just need the opportunities. So I think it's a good reminder to keep pursuing those opportunities. Yeah, I would definitely agree with Kayla on that. It's super inspiring to look at something like that and see people who look like you and just it can just serve as a reminder that it's possible and that there are people who want to continue to diversify sports and want to see women in sports so I think that it's important and I think that it's even more important for people who may be younger than we are because then you know people who are in high school right now maybe going on to college they'll see that and then they'll be inspired by it as well and hopefully we'll choose to take that. Yeah, it's really inspiring for me because I know, like me, I want to be a producer. So seeing women and um, doing those things, it's really, it lets me know that I can do those things too. And I know that it lets other women like us know that we can do those things too. So it was really great to see. 
And I know for me, when it comes to reporting sports, um, I really enjoy basketball, but I don't want to be known as the basketball reporter. I want to be known for someone that can really conquer any sport. So how did you all both become well, well versed in multiple sports on a variety of platforms? Um, I can start on this one. Uh, well, for me, when I started out in my local news job, I was expected to cover everything. It wasn't an option. I uh, covered the Colts. I covered the Pacers. I covered college basketball, uh, sometimes even college baseball. We didn't have a baseball team um, uh, professional in Indianapolis, so it was at the college level. But I would do IndyCar. I mean, it was all over the place. So uh, I didn't have an option. So I think that actually was great because I would have probably gravitated more towards the NFL because that's what I'm most passionate about. Uh, so I think being in a position where I just have to learn and cover everything, uh, just puts you in a position where uh, you're then trusted to do more because they know that you're fully capable. I ended up going to cover the Eastern conference finals in Miami two years in a row. And it was the Pacers versus the heat. That was one of my greatest memories. Um, still to this day, it was amazing. Uh, so yeah, I just think putting yourself in a position, even if you aren't forced to do so learning everything you can, not even just on a, you know, a sports level, but from reporting to producing, to editing, I think the more, you know, the more opportunities you're going to have down the line, especially in the world we're in now where there's so much transitioning happening day by day. So uh, just the more, you know, the better off you're going to be. Um, for me, um, you know, each sport that I've, that I, you know, I've always been a sports fan. So, you know, when I, when I transitioned over to ESPN, um, I didn't say I want to cover one this sport or that sport. And in fact, when, you know, when my first couple of years there, I was a general assignment bureau reporter. So, you know, I, I covered the world cup and in, in uh, Korea, um, I've covered the Olympics, you know, I've covered sports that I don't necessarily know a whole lot about, but became, you know, just like any other assignment, I, I kind of had to become an expert on it. Um, and, you know, I liken what, what we do now, what I do now as, as uh, you know, studying. You're studying for an exam every time you're about to go on the air. Before every game, uh, I feel like I'm, I'm studying for a game. I'm studying for the Brooklyn Nets and the Milwaukee Bucks for tomorrow. And then after that, I'll be studying for the Lakers uh, and the Warriors. Um, so um, not having a whole lot of experience in a sport, it's, you know, it's certainly not an excuse to, to not dive in and, and become an expert because that's what we're tasked to do. That's, that's what our, our job is. Um, so I wouldn't say that I have a whole lot of experience in uh, a, a lot of different sports. I'm, I mainly do the NFL now and, uh, and the NBA. Uh, but when I was the first assigned to do college football, that was something I didn't know a whole lot about. I mean, people assumed just because I went to Penn State and we had a good football team that I was a big college football fan, and, and I really wasn't. Um, so, again, that was like studying for an exam every week. Um, but um, I think that you really have to be don't, – don't pigeonhole yourself. Don't put yourself in a box. If you want to be a sports reporter, uh, be open to doing uh, any and all sports. Uh, because as someone once told me, um, you know, we shouldn't get to decide what stories are worth telling or what sports are worth covering. Uh, if you're a reporter, if you're a journalist, you're there to tell stories and you should be able to tell all kinds of different stories. 
So last question for you both. If you could give yourself advice at the beginning of your career, knowing what you know now, what would you say to your younger self? Well, uh, it's advice that I still have not necessarily taken in all the way, uh, but just not to be as hard on myself, uh, which is so much easier said than done because I still to this day will just critique myself to death. Uh, I'm never leaving an assignment being like, oh my gosh, that's am- I did amazing. I'm so happy. Wouldn't change a thing. There is always, no matter what, even if I'm getting all the praise in the world from my bosses, from my colleagues, from friends, from whoever's watching, I am always ultra critical of myself. I'm super type A. I don't foresee it ever changing. Uh, but you do realize at some point, despite being, you know, very, you know, critical of yourself, uh, you don't let it bring you down as far. Uh, cause sometimes I've made mistakes that I would dwell on for days. Now I might dwell it on it for 30 minutes after I get done with the show, but you know what? It's, it's getting better and better, but it's something that I'm still working on to this day, but, uh, it's something very important. I think for everyone to remember. Yeah. And along those lines, I would say, um, the, the one thing that I've always tried to do throughout my career from the early days, even to now, uh, is don't believe the hype. So just don't listen to what other people are saying about you. Uh, I know that I'm not as great as some people might say that I am. And I know that I'm not as awful as some other people might say that I am. Um, I know where, where my strengths and weaknesses lie. I know uh, when I have a good game, uh, when I have an okay game, when I didn't uh, perform at my best uh, so I just try not, li- try not to listen to the outside noise. So wh- while I appreciate it, when people uh, say nice things about me in my career, uh, I know to never, um, I, to never rely on it or to try to believe in it too much because uh, it's, it's a very humbling in- industry that we're in. Uh, we're not perfect. And it's, it is a very, very much a what have you done lately, <laughs> done for me lately industry. So uh, I, I try to, I've always just tried to, to, be, to live by that motto. Don't believe the hype, good or bad. Don't believe the hype. And then there was just, there was one other thing that uh, when I you know, was 22 years old and coming out of college, uh, a piece of advice that a good friend of mine gave me, um, uh, she used uh, foul language, so I won't, uh, but she just basically said, don't mess up. <laughs> don't F up is what she said. And that was in, and to this day when I tell her like, Hey, I'm doing, um, you know, I'm, I'm doing this all women's game on Wednesday. Is that kind of cool? Don't F up. You're right. That's it. So I, that's what I think every time that I'm about to, to go on the air, don't mess, just don't mess this up. Don't mess up. A big thank you to Lisa Salters and Charlie Arnold for sharing their experiences with us. Don't forget to tune in to Charlie on First Take Her Take every Wednesday and keep up with Lisa on all ESPN platforms. That's all for today's episode. To our audience, thank you for listening to us once again. Extra thanks to Parker Owens and the ESPN Digital Audio Content Team. Get all of the HBCU 468 podcasts by subscribing to Anscape on the Listen tab of the ESPN app. Make sure to join us next time for another HBCU podcast. And don't forget to make Anscape your number one stop for Black culture and the experience of Blackness.